Let's get into the word this morning, turning your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The book of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Um, this is, and, and I'm not saying this because I'm preaching this morning, but this is so good this morning. The word of God is so good. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to ask you to stand one more time in honor of the reading of the Holy Word of God. And listen, you're going to have to bear with me. I think I said it in the, the last series that we wrapped up. I am loving word studies. I am loving different ways of saying the same thing so that we get it, right? What good is it to read something or to hear something if you don't understand it? And like, you know, oh yeah, you read that. What, what does that mean? No, we need to understand. Amen. So uh, you'll get some of that this morning. Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. Uh, so I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation first. And then if you're not familiar with the, the message paraphrase, I want to read it in that as well. Just so it's the same exact in two different, one, one translation, one paraphrase. The Bible says, beginning in verse 1, And so, dear brothers and sisters... I plead with you to give, another translation says, or dedicate your bodies to God. Give your bodies, dedicate your bodies to God because of what? All he has done for you. Let them, your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he, God, will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. The Amplified, I believe, says this is truly the rational, logical, intelligent way to worship him. I love that. Verse 2, don't copy or conform to the superficial behavior and customs of this world. But let God do what? Transform or change you into a new person by changing what? The way you think. Then you will learn to know or to prove for yourselves God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now listen to these same two verses in the paraphrase of the Message Bible. I love this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it. Place what? Your life before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it. Another translation says, or let it squeeze you into its own mold without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants you to do and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. We need to grow up every day. I need to grow up and we do it before the Lord. He does it inside of us as we yield to him. Amen. I want to share a message with you this morning entitled the story of your life. The story of your life. Let's pray. Father God, 
in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for the worship time that we've had. We thank you, Lord, for what you have been doing in our lives from the very beginning. I believe that today this is going to be a great reminder for so many of us who are bound by the past or who the enemy tries to come in and say these whispers and things that, that haunt and that hurt us. But today's going to be a day of victory. Today's going to be a day of encouragement. Today is going to be a day where your Holy Spirit teaches us all over again that God you are writing our story you are the author and the finisher of our faith and we thank you Lord we thank you for what you're doing in Jesus name God's people said amen, amen. you may be seated so listen most people love a good story anybody love a good story they, some people love to hear them, some people love to tell them, or, or at least try to tell them. Others have even said that there are lessons that are taught by stories that cannot be learned in any other way. See, stories are powerful. Stories can grab our attention and, and stories can actually pull us into their world. They can stir up all kinds of emotion and they can even move us into action. It's hard to beat a good story. I guess that's one of the reasons that I personally love movies. Yes, motion picture stories are truly my thing. See, whether it's action or drama or science fiction, I'm all in, but I also like world history and life science, and so give me an interesting documentary, and while most people are sitting there taking a nap, I'm like in geek mode, just learning all kinds of new stuff. I know some would argue that the book is always better than the movie because the movie cuts out so many details, Pastor Freddie, or, or they just don't leave room for the imagination in a movie. How could you like a movie better than a book? I just do. I'm sorry. That's the way I'm wired. But again, to me, nothing beats the experience of a good story uh, on a big screen uh, with a great acting and clear surround sound. But I digress this morning. Whether by book or movie, my focus is on the story today. See, the bottom line, stories are important and stories are very powerful. Today, I want to spend a little time talking about the story of your life. The story of your life. See, simply defined, the story is an account of events in, some, in someone's life or it is a connected series of happenings over time. And today, we all stand at different points in our story. See, some of you are young, and your story is just now developing. Maybe you, like me as a young person, you might be in a rush to get older, wishing your life away. I can't wait till I'm 15. I can't wait till I'm 18. I can't wait till I'm 20. I can't wait till I'm 25. That was me, and now I wish I could take it all back in a rush to get older, do this or that. You have dreams and wishes for your life and basically you're in a hurry to get there. I remember those days vividly. Others of you are a little older. Maybe done with high school or college aged and for the first time in your life, uh, you're experiencing some freedom as well as some responsibilities in your story. 
You love earning your own money and and going to new and exciting places, but watching your hard-earned money fade away as you pay your bills is a real bummer. Welcome to adulthood. As you, again, it's a bummer as you pay your bills, Uh, plus having to choose work over fun is another sign that you are growing up. Some of you are mature adults. Mature adults with careers and homes and children or all of the above, your life for the most part is a true blessing, but it can also be very hard at times. You've discovered that sometimes life throws you a curveball or two, and occasionally you privately wish that you could go back to a time in your story when things were a lot easier and maybe a little more carefree and more fun. This is sometimes when we get caught up in the midlife crisis. Others of you have grown children or several grandchildren even. The color of your hair is proof of that if you've got any left. You're maybe nearing retirement or you've already retired. A young children consider you very old and your aches and pains might actually sometimes agree with them, but privately you wonder how the last chapters of your life will play out. Like what will you actually leave behind or or what will be the legacy of your life? How will you be remembered? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you what? A future and a hope. Listen, truth be told, verses like this are a lot easier to believe when your story is developing ever so nicely according to plan and life is going smoothly and yet faith in God requires that we trust his word as our life story somehow comes together. Today, I guess I want the Lord, I guess the Lord wants me to remind you that he's not done writing your story. He is still in the work of writing your story. He is the author after all. Whether you are young or old, if Jesus is Lord, he is using a variety of things in your life to develop you into the man or the woman of God that that he has for you to be. And and now if, if, if any of you, know anything about a story, there are three main parts. I could expand on that, but three main parts to a story. And this morning, that's what we're going to talk about and apply it to your life. In a story, there is a plot, there is a setting, and there is a cast of characters, right? Some of you, you are more well-read than I am. I, 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 after all, I watch movies, but there is a, a plot, a setting, and a cast of characters. The story, And we're talking about the story of your life this morning. And so I want to see how those things look for you in your life so far today. Number one, the plot. Say the plot. So to keep it simple, right, the the plot is really the story itself. See, when someone asks you, well, well, Pastor Freddie, you're watching that movie or you're reading that book, what, what is the plot? What they're really asking you for is the story in a nutshell or the key events of a story in sequence. 
And, and, and I need you to know this morning that closely related to the plot is the idea of conflict. Say conflict. See, every story will have some kind of conflict. Now, it may be a difficulty faced by the characters. It may be a problem that needs to be resolved. It may even be a crazy adventure for you to pass through. But whatever form it takes, conflict will be present in every good story. And so today, listen, I'm certain that each of you have, has experienced some kind of conflict. You might be sitting here saying, well, Pastor Freddie, I've got tons of conflict. I've got like the, 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 the thickest and the, 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 the most adventurous story of them all. I, I'm certain that some of you have. In the story of your life, it's, it's, it's called your plot. It's your plot. And in fact, I'm sure that even before this Sunday service, some of you face some kind of difficulty. Others of you maybe solved a problem or two. A few of you possibly even experienced some unexpected adventure. And some of you could literally this morning write a book. Some of you maybe should. Romans 8.28 says, And we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes a few things to work together, causes two things, causes all things to work together as a plan for good. I want to read that again and we'll continue. We know with great confidence that God who's deeply concerned for us, about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who do what? Who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. So listen, whether you believe it or not, God has a plan and a purpose for the story of your life and it will definitely, say definitely, it will definitely include some conflict of some kind. Listen, in the story of your life, if you're sitting here this morning and say, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Fred. I don't have any difficulty. I don't have any conflict. There hasn't been any adventure in my life. A part of me would say, boring. The other part would say, Liar. <laughs> Details matter. Details matter. Again, whether you believe it or not, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. It includes conflict. Somehow, say somehow, God will use it for my good. God will use it for my good. And so you know exactly what I'm talking, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you are living it right now or have lived it in your life, but let that conflict or the difficulties you face make you feel, don't, don't let that conflict or difficulty that you, uh, that you face make you feel less qualified in any way. God is still working on your story. Details matter. Listen, Romans 8.28 is one of the most memorized and quoted verses of the Bible. It, it, that verse brings comfort. It brings direction. It brings hope to every Christian. It's also one of the most misunderstood verses of Scripture, too. So you can't just quote a part uh, that you like and leave out the rest. Romans 8.28 is, is a promise for believers who are living for Christ. And so you can't expect to live like the devil and claim the promises of God. 
This verse says that those who love God and are doing their best to obey his commands, even though bad and sad and evil and wicked things touch your life, God will use them ultimately to bring about good in your life and in the world, and so your plot will always include some kind of conflict. In fact, Romans 8.28 doesn't mean that all things will be good. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. All things won't be good. All things won't be perfect. All things won't be great. See, until Jesus returns, sin, sin will continue to cause damage and destruction around us. It may even come near us. It may even touch us. It may even leave some scars in your life. But, but uh, you're going to hear me say this a lot. Nothing in your life happens by accident. See, our God, our Heavenly Father, He is more powerful than sin. He is able to redeem and restore anything. Say anything. He is able to re redeem and restore anything for our good and for his glory. See, I, I was the youngest of 13 in my family. I grew up poor. My parents were uh, violent alcoholics at times. I experienced abuse in my life. I have several siblings who battled addiction and without Christ as my savior, my priorities were jacked up, messed up, broken. That was part of my story, but my plot developed. Some would say the plot thickened. Later, Jesus saved me. He delivered me. He called me into the ministry and, and blessed me with a beautiful family and an awesome church. All things work together for good. And if God is working on the story of my life to develop the plot that he had for me, you better believe that over the years leading up to this day in 2023, our Father in heaven is causing all things to work together for your good too. Again, nothing happens by accident. What the devil means for evil in your life, God is somehow able to use it for your good, even if you don't understand, even if you don't understand how he's going to do it in the moment, our heavenly father can actually make beauty for ashes in your life. Listen, most people don't connect verse 29 to uh, Romans 8, 28, but we can't overlook the main reason for God causing all things to work together for good in your story. Let's look at verse 29. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become, say become to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters for God knew his people in advance. God knew you in advance. God knew you in your mother's womb. God knew you before you came on the scene. God knew you before friends and people around you knew you. God knew you. He knew you in advance and he chose you to become like his son. Listen, that word become, it highlights a, a supernatural transformation that God wants to do in my life, that God wants to do in your life. He has that in store for you as we fully surrender to his will in our lives. In other words, listen, God uses conflict in your story 
to bring you closer into relationship with him or to make you more like his son, Jesus Christ. I need to say that again. God uses conflict. Listen, God uses conflict. God uses adversity. God uses brokenness. God uses the times when things are not going according to your plan. God uses conflict in your story to bring you closer into relationship with himself or to make you more like his son, Jesus Christ. And so again, difficulties and challenges, they will come your way. Expect them learn from them grow from them but don't let the devil use them to defeat you unexpected adventures will also be part of your story see adventure is defined as an exciting or unusual experience it's also a bold usually risky undertaking with an uncertain outcome how many of you like uncertainty no oh no hands (laughs) That, that's an adventure. An adventure is uncertain. And it doesn't always mean fun. Uh, you know, some of you can tell me about some of the adventures in your life, and, 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 and it would just blow my mind away probably. Listen, uncertainty can definitely make you feel conflicted even when it comes in the form of adventure. Yes, life is most certainly all of those things and more, and so life will un- involve the unusual. Go with it. Maybe you can even call it a plot twist in your life. Your story may require you to take some risks. Evaluate those risks and and get wise counsel, advice, right? And then, and only then, jump in if and when it's the right time. Listen, the plot of your life will also sometimes be uncertain, so expect the unexpected and keep moving forward. The only time you lose at life is when you quit. The only time you lose at life is when you quit. And so listen, I want to tell you, I want to declare this over your life this morning. Quitting is not an option for you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, quitting is not an option for you. You're a child of God. Quitting is not an option for you. Again, we are talking about the story of your life. Remember, God has a plan for you, for your life, and so let him continue writing. He's the the author and the finisher of our faith for a reason. We're talking about the story of your life. The plot definitely includes conflict, and so make a decision right now to grow with the flow. Pay attention to your plot. As it develops, God will be trying to speak to you in the process. Some people say God never speaks. God is always speaking. We just don't always listen. And so let's consider the setting of your story. We've talked about the plot, number one. Number two, the setting. Say the setting. The setting is where the story takes place, right? And since our lives are most likely, they are more like uh, uh, novels with chapters than than short stories, they will most likely play out in more than one place. For example, uh, if you don't know, I'm originally from New York. My story actually unfolded in five different states. And so I can say this morning that uh, um, my story unfolded in New York, in Maine, in Massachusetts, in Pennsylvania, and in New Hampshire. I also attended like Ted... 10 different uh, public schools growing up. And so, yeah, we moved a lot. But to be honest, each and every one of those settings contributed to my story, both good and bad. And in their own way, location helped me to become the person I am today. Listen, throughout Scripture, 
settings, locations, places are important to note. Uh, like the land of Canaan isn't just a settlement. It was the promised land of the Jews given to them by their God. The kingdom of Babylon isn't just what happened, uh, uh, isn't the one that happened to capture Israel. It was actually the land of exile because of sin. But God's people were instructed while in Babylon to seek for its peace and prosperity while they dwelt there. It's an important place in their development wherever you have been has been part of the setting in your story it has played a part in your development you're here today because of your setting there were many times when Jesus Christ himself the Messiah he was introduced how as Jesus of Nazareth why because the settings were very important a place always matter location will impact the story and where your story develops matters too Acts chapter 17 verses 26 and 27 says from one man he God made all the nations so God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he he marked out, say marked out. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. And so God marked that out for them. He does it for you and I. God did that so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Listen, in these verses, Paul is basically painting a picture a broad picture for us of the boundaries and the lifespans of nations and civilizations throughout history. He concludes that these things, the marking out of those things, they lead us closer and closer to God. We are also likewise given a moment in history and a place on this earth because the setting is where we can draw closer to God if we seek him. So I wanted to, to think about, you know, where you grew up. I want you to think about uh, places that have impacted or influenced you. All of those things established by God so that we can draw closer to him. In fact, as we serve Jesus, we're actually meant to engage with our location on earth, not just endure it or escape it. And in the process, God draws us near I wasn't going to say this, but there are times when we're like, man, I can't wait. I grew up in Newburgh, New York, and at the time it was rough. I didn't know that it was going to get rougher. I remember dreaming of the day when I would no longer be in Newburgh, New York. And I'm saying Newburgh, New York, but you fill in the blank to where you were. And maybe you're growing up. It wasn't so smooth, and it wasn't exactly what you wanted. And you dreamed of the day where you, when you wouldn't be there in that town or in that place. And that's what I'm talking about when I say that your setting is impacting you, but the reality that we miss out on is that you and I are meant to engage with our location on earth, not just endure it or escape it, and we miss out on that. Today, we're here in Rochester, New Hampshire, but again, where did you live after you were born? Was it a town or a city? What schools did you attend? Did you live in a house growing up or in an apartment? Have you always lived in the United States? Listen, all of those questions and more may seem silly to us, but who you are today was affected by your setting, so where you are today matters still. See, your setting is important because uh, some parts of your story could only unfold the way that they, they, that they did because you were in that place during that specific time. And so I'm going to address this because I know thoughts 
come into our mind. If your setting was bad, you're probably wishing that you could go back and change it, right? If when you think back on your history, if when you think back on how you grew up, if when you think back as bad as Pastor Freddie, of the things that happened to me there, the things that happened to my family, it was bad. But if it was good, you probably feel blessed for where you've come from, where, where you've been so far. Remember, God is writing your story and God has placed you, listen, God has placed you in this place for this time, for a reason. It's not a coincidence that you live where you live. It's not a coincidence that you're amongst the people that you're amongst. God has placed you there. So don't be in such a hurry to fast forward your setting that you miss out on what God is trying to teach you in that place. Again, the story of your life, the, the plot has literally been affected by your setting. And so try to learn from where you've been. And while you're here, let God continue to develop your character for the future. And listen, speaking of character, let's talk about that cast of characters. Some of you are characters this morning. In my opinion, the cast of characters is the most important part of the story of your life. You see, without a character, the plot and the setting mean absolutely nothing. Without a character, the plot and the setting mean absolutely nothing. Today, we're talking about the story of your life. And so you are the main character and God is writing your story. You are it. The spotlight, the spotlight is on you. Psalm 139, 16 through 18 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, about you. Oh God, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Some of you can't have a hard time even hearing that because because all you heard growing up was that you were stupid, that you amounted to nothing, that you would never get anywhere. And here God is just in, in these verses in Scripture saying how you are the apple of his eye, saying how you are very precious to him, saying even that he has sent his son to die on a cross for you because he loves you so unconditionally and you are special and valuable to him. You are the main character in your story. And listen, I tend to see characters in two different ways. They're either deep or they're shallow. And as a pastor and a leader, I'm trusting that as the main character, you'll decide to go deep. In fact, do all that you can do to develop the main character in your story. Psalm 92 verses 12 through 14 says, The righteous will flourish. Say flourish. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow, say grow, like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted, say planted, in the house of the Lord. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green all connected to the flourishing, all connected to the planting, all connected to where you are and the story that he's developing through your plot. You are the main character. So flourish, grow, go deep. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you say and do, living lives that lead others away from sin. I like that. 
having been deeply rooted in him. In who? In him, in the Lord, and now being continually built up in him and being, becoming increasingly more established in your faith just as you were taught and overflowing in it with gratitude, with gratitude. Worship team, come. Listen, my encouragement, my challenge to you this morning in the story of your life is, listen, go deep. Go deep mentally. Develop your mind. Go deep uh, physically. Take care of your body. You've got one body. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. One body, temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body belongs to God, so take care of it. Go deep spiritually. Submit to God and live your life for Him as the main character. Your full development is vital to this amazing story that God is writing. Listen, that development can either improve or diminish depending on your supporting cast of characters. How many of you know you've got a supporting cast of characters in your life? You've got some people around you. And so the admonishment here is this, go deep socially and pick good friends. Proverbs 12 and 26 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Say carefully. They choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be, see, be de deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals or character. Ecclesiastes 4.9 and 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. Proverbs 27.9 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad. So does the sweetness of a friend's counsel or advice that comes from the heart. Again, the cast of characters is the most important part of the story beginning with you. And again, remember, you are especially unique, valuable, chosen by God. As he writes your story, his unconditional love for you becomes more and more clearly known. See, this morning your past is forgiven. Your past is forgotten. God has hope and a future in store for you. Always be aware that your friends can also impact your story. So choose your circle of influence wisely. There's an old saying that said, run with eagles, not with turkeys. The story of your life will be blessed if you do. I challenge you this morning, stand to your feet. I challenge you, pay attention to your plot, conflict and all. Take advantage of your setting. Be blessed where God plants you. Again, you were meant to engage. If you live in Rochester, you were, were meant to engage the culture here. Don't be looking to escape. But be a blessing while you're here. And develop your character. Keep growing. Keep growing. This is the story of your life. I think Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to close with the message again of Romans 12, 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Who lives an everyday, ordinary life? I know I do. Take your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as a what? As an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on who? 
on God. By doing that, you're going to be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Again, this is the story of your life. God's not done with you yet, so let him keep writing. Let him keep writing. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for reminders of your goodness. Thank you so much for worship. Thank you so much for our family and friends here in church. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. We yield, we surrender to your will and to your way. We desire you to continue writing our story causing all things to work together for good. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's close in worship. Hallelujah.